0: Welcome back to Our Story. My name is Matt Stone. Glad to have you back for another week. I have a special surprise for you this week. I'm sitting in the room with not one person, not two persons, not three persons, but four persons. Uh, And I'm excited to introduce them to you in just a couple minutes. So uh, as we continue our Next Gen series, we're on the third week of that this coming Sunday, Remember, where, where we're headed this month is really a conversation about the future of our church and the ways in which we are reimagining ministry uh, in, with our nursery, our preschool, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, and our sports and leisure ministry. All that kind of adds up to next-gen ministry. And this Sunday, we're going to take really a pretty pointed look at what that means for us as a church And uh, the passage this week is the Ascension. It's Ascension Sunday. If that's not a story that you're familiar with, a couple of the Gospels tell the story, but we're going to look at it in Acts chapter 1. It's the first 11 verses. Really, Acts 1 verses 6 through 11 is what we're going to look at. And it's a fascinating story that I'm excited to dig into uh, on Sunday morning. But for now, for the podcast this week, rather than dig into the Scripture passage I thought it would be interesting for y'all to meet our new youth staff. So I've got four folks in the room uh, that comprise the DUMC Youth Ministry team. And uh, and so we're going to just introduce them to you one by one and, and have a conversation about uh, where we're headed with our youth ministry. You may not have youth, and if you don't have youth, that's okay. This should still be... Uh, information and conversation that is engaging for you, because this has to do with how we, as a church, are investing in the next generation. Not we, not not one department of our church, but uh, part of the purpose behind the next gen vision is to include uh, the entire church in the way that we engage in ministry with uh, with the next generation. So, I'm going to start with you, Jessica jessica ferguson is our new youth director she started i don't know seven minutes ago
1: roughly nine days
0: roughly seven minutes or nine days ago jessica welcome to dumc uh introduce yourself tell us a little bit about how you got here and uh uh, and what you're seeing in your first few days
1: Oh, wow. That, that is a super loaded question so early on. Uh, You're welcome. I know. Thank you. Uh, my name is Jessica. I have been doing youth ministry, uh, serving within youth ministry for roughly almost 10 years now. Uh, I ended up at DUMC just through, I think, God's grace and just kind of uh, a role that just seemed to fit for exactly what I needed in this season. And through conversation it just seemed like I think my gifts and graces would really add would be an asset to this place. And I think what this church was offering me and my family, I just felt like it was really gonna link up.
0: Well I I can tell you that we're really excited to have you and I'm really interested I mean, we've been, this conversation really extends back uh, a couple of months. Yes. But you've only been on the ground for a few days now. I'm really interested to know kind of first impressions. And um, like, what are you seeing in your conversations with some of our youth, with some of our parents, with our staff? What are you seeing that is exciting to you right now?
1: the most exciting thing is i think people are hungry i think people are excited for something and i think they are hopeful for what is coming and as somebody who is in ministry to have people almost like ready at the bit to help and serve alongside you to pour into the next generation for me that's that's all you can desire as a director
0: that is exciting i'm also curious about the phrase ready at the bit
1: Ready at the bit. I are think it's chomping, chomping at, at the bit. bit. I think well, they're I chomping like, at the bit. I did not want to say chomping because that could you know, like, you know, I thought about that.
0: Well, uh, ready at the bit uh, or chomping at the bit. Either way, what you're saying is people that are excited for the future. Sure. Is that what I'm hearing? Something like that. Something like that. All right. Well, Jessica, it's great to have you. Uh, Jonathan, I'm going to turn to you next because uh, you have been here exactly the same amount of time as Jessica. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your role here? What are you excited about?
2: Yeah, my name is Jonathan Sanders. I am the new (laughs) associate director of youth ministry. And my job is kind of a little bit of everything. If it pertains to students, it involves me. I'm going to be focused a lot on some of our Sunday night activities through the summer, missions, stuff like that. And I'm really excited about... Jessica touched on this. It's just sort of the buzz around the next generation ministries here at the church. Of You know, her, you can hear all about it in the strategic plans and the visions and all that, but then to start talking to people and just hear the energy that people have and sort of get a, kind of a smile on their face when they think about what the church is doing for young people and that's just really exciting to know that this is a place that is sold out for young people.
0: I think it's exciting too. I've I've been, um, especially I I'm going to say surprised, even though I don't really mean surprised as in I didn't expect people to go with it, but pleasantly surprised at the yes that we keep hearing. And I mean, I think that's, that's some of what you've experienced Mm -hmm. too is the church has just continued to say yes to the next step. As we imagine, a new kind of future for next-gen ministries. I, I want to ask you one more question real quick, Jonathan. Um, tell us why, and I know the answer to this. I think, people will, I think some other people would be interested to hear you answer this. Tell us why you got into youth ministry in the first place.
2: I got into youth ministry because, aside from my parents, youth ministry is the reason I have a relationship with Jesus. And to think about the role that specific people had in that journey of mine to be able to be involved in even the smallest way in that journey for other people is, I think, my calling.
0: Awesome. Uh, Well, we're excited to have both of you and excited for your first nine days. Uh, Lives have already been changed. People Futures have been altered. And the first nine days have been an absolute success. So if you haven't met Jonathan and Jessica yet, uh, I hope you'll take a, take the opportunity to come down, meet them on a Sunday morning. Whether, whether you have youth or not isn't really the point. The point is, as we look to a future, uh, a new kind of future with the next generation of disciples and followers of Jesus, these are two new team members, and you're going to want to get to know them. So now we're coming to some folks that have been here for a minute. Brooke Freeman, you have been here how long?
3: I'm going to start my fifth year in September.
0: Fifth year in September. Uh, And you've been through some stuff in the last five years, uh, or the last four years. So tell us a little bit about kind of your role and uh, and what you're excited about uh, as uh, as Jessica and Jonathan come on board. What what are you thinking?
3: Um, Yeah, I'm super excited uh, to work with them. We've had the fun the last week, kind of just planning um, some fun and exciting events uh, for the summer and looking to the future. And I think our Like Jessica mentioned, our students are just really excited to be back in the building and back together, and um, it's been kind of cool to be the consistent through all of that. I've seen a lot of kids uh, go from middle school to high school, Uh, so I'm just excited for for what's coming for all of them.
0: Yeah, so uh, a lot of y'all may not know, but uh, Brooke and Austin, who we're going to meet in just a second... Are, we're largely responsible for kind of filling in the gap in this season of transition. And a lot of you have been in positions like that where right? where you know it's a season of transition and you know that that brings a sense of uh, of ambiguity and a kind of grayness to the world. And y'all's leadership through that has been, I think, fantastic and uh, and I think really helped to uh, maintain an even keel and, and set Jessica and Jonathan up to begin well. So, uh, Brooke, I'm grateful for that. Austi, uh, it's good to see you here today. Yes. If you haven't met Osti, uh, he is working not only— uh, and we're laughing because I feel like this is maybe the second time I've seen the bottom <laughs> half of Austi's face. Um, but, Austi, uh, uh, you work not just with youth ministry, but with a couple different ministries. Uh, as part of your uh, part of your uh, internship with Candler, so uh, tell us a little bit about what your role is here and uh, what you're doing in life.
4: Yeah, thank you, Matt. Uh, so I am a, a Candler intern here at Dunwoody United Methodist Church, and uh, part of my roles, yeah, mainly uh, with the youth, uh, but I also, in addition to that, have been helping out with um, our environmental stewardship committee with Reverend Kathy Brockman and. Um, You know, onboarding. I I did some stuff around worship, Uh, but yeah, mainly youth and the environmental stewardship committee. Uh, We here soon will have a a new committee coming out of that, uh, the church and society committee. So I'll be helping out, you know, with that that committee and um, really anything around justice and social justice issues and things like that um, that the church, you know, is um, you know really advocating and working towards. That's that's kind of what that that committee is designed for, and so. Um, In addition to that, we're reading books and, um, you know, kind of engaging in the the reading and learning. And, you know, how can we, you know, be active uh, uh, in this, not only um, in in our, you know, hands and feet, if you will, but also just kind of keeping our minds active as well.
0: And Austin's been doing all that alongside finishing up his first year in seminary. Yeah. And uh, how many papers do you have left? I actually just pressed submit to
4: everything last
0: night. You're I, finished. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations. Nice. Thank you. All right. Well done. Well done. That's a that's a big milestone. So, uh, all right. So I got a question for y'all, and I don't know who's going to answer it. So just jump in here. But as you think about um, as you think about youth today, uh, and uh, specifically thinking about sixth grade through twelfth grade, right? Uh, as you think about youth and their uh, and their life experience today, what do you think is the biggest obstacle to um, to their ability to be who God made them to be? What keeps them from being who they really are? I think a lot of
2: times we have these pressures on us that either they come externally or we put these pressures on ourselves to try and live into what others want us to be or what we think other people want us to be and the more that we sort of lock ourselves into that image then we can sometimes move away from the image of God that we are called to live into
3: yeah I was going to say comparison Mm -hmm. yeah
0: comparison falling falling
3: into the comparison trap and
0: Mm -hmm.
3: you know scrolling on Instagram and seeing what someone else is doing and what other people are get to do thinking that you're in a different place in life or that you're not where you should be or not who you should be and
4: kind of falling into that. And the more like you're in that trap, I think it compounds on itself. It, it continues to, um, in a way that influences you're in it. And it's hard to, to come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to call it a fog or like, you know, in that, that mold, if you will. So I think as youth, um, it can be difficult to, as you're, you know, kind of understanding your identity in Christ, And trying to to learn, um, you know, it's it's what do you you know? How do you get through that? I think that's one of the the hardest challenges.
1: I think all those are really great. I think the thing that I keep finding myself falling upon, though, when I think about where students kind of like get this misinterpreted or messed up a little bit, is you know, like it's where they find their value, right? Like value is where everything comes from, like. If we find our identity in Christ, or if we find our identity in other things in the church, you come and you hear like you are made in God's image. God loves you, but that is not shown sometimes in homes. Uh, but it's based on it's based on your like your output, right? Like, did you do good at sports? Did you do good at school? Did you do this? Like, what did you do? You are only sometimes solely value based on your ability to do and do and how well you do in comparison mm-hmm. to your peers or others or whoever is looking at you and judging that. Like I think that's those are two really hard things to hold at the same time, right? Like how can I really grip onto this like selfless, unconditional love of God when I feel like the only way that people really mm-hmm. show my value through the majority of my mm-hmm. adolescence is, by what I can purely give.
0: Yeah, I think this this is maybe, and I'm interested to hear if, if y'all think this is true or not. But I think this is one of the reasons why it might be harder for this generation on that front, right? Because when I was growing up, uh, it, we were judged, or I felt judged, based on my performance as well, and and, and there was pressure to perform highly in order to gain value. And, uh, and that was really how I kind of identified myself. But that comparison stopped with what I could see. It stopped with what I could physically see in front of me, who was physically at my school. I couldn't look into the lives of people across the country. I couldn't look into the lives of people in the next town or, or even across the same school district because there was no window into their world. And th- through social media, we now have a window into, uh, into people's worlds that is admittedly wildly exaggerated and skewed. But as a kid, that's my point of comparison, the best that the world has to offer. And it seems to only highlight my own deficiency if I'm a kid. That's kind of my read on it. I'm curious. Do you feel like that's where kids are? Is that... Part of the challenge that kids are facing right now?
2: Part of that, and you're exactly right, Of you're only seeing what people are presenting to you. And of course, that's going to be the best version of them. So it can be very easy for our students to think that if they're not perfect and they're not always getting it right, whether that's school, sports, or in their faith, then they're doing something wrong and they're, they're bad for it. And trying to combat that idea of we're either all the way on one end or on the other can be
4: tough sometimes. I think that's where it really, um, <clears throat> I think of relationship um, and kind of the basis of uh, the, re- really anything in ministry. I feel like it, the, the strong uh, point of relationship and in, in having those, um, you know, to have a strong relationship with one another and building that uh Rather than facing um kind of the the spectrum of you know comparison and all those things, I think it's is our values and um looking away from like the productivity aspects of our lives and knowing who we are um and i know I understand as youth it 's like we're we 're you know uh and I say we because i uh I remember back to my days in middle school and in um youth ministry, and I just know that that 's such a formative time uh that I feel like youth ministry, you know, what we can do is walk alongside and learn, you know, together. But it's that relationship building um, and being together that, that, you know, really ultimately out um, outdoes the, the productivity model of our lives, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and I don't think as an adolescent, as a 6th through 12th grader student, I just don't think it's possible for them holistically, like, to rationalize the difference mm-hmm. outside of somebody uh, of leaders, of, of youth ministers, of youth pastors, of pastors that are in church, constantly circu- like surrounding them and reminding them mm-hmm. of their value. Because, you know, they're the idea of the, the grayness, of grace mm-hmm. to a generation, or especially an age group that's so black and white in thinking, I think that is, it just reminds me, you know, as someone who works with students, how important small group leaders are and consistency and having um, spaces for students to come to and and to hear truth and be reminded of value and be reminded of these things because I just don't know that no matter how awesome we could tell them that one time, that they would ever really be able to separate it without being surrounded and shown it throughout childhood, then they could lead that out later.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm excited about, just kind of listening to this conversation and some of the conversations that we've been having is, I think for a long time, probably going back, I don't know, 40, 50 years, for a long time, youth ministry has been grounded in behavior, in right behavior, right? The role of youth ministry is Mm -hmm. to teach kids how to be good people. Yeah. And what that produced was a, a couple generations of Christians, I think, that had the misconception that if I followed the rules, then I'm a good Christian. If I broke the rules, it might be okay, unless I broke the wrong rules. And if I broke the wrong rules, then I can't be Christian. There's no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the outcome or the fruit of youth ministry or really any kind of ministry that's grounded in your faith is about the right behavior. Mm -hmm. The shift that I hear from you guys and, and that I think is taking place in our church is the move from right behavior to identity, right? That what we want for our kids is for them to know genuinely who you are. And like we've been talking about, that's not based on your output. It's not based on your performance. It's based on what God has said, about who you are uh, and there's a whole host of things that that means but you know uh, things like you are made in the image of God you have divine worth you have value beyond your output so I, I think that's one of the most exciting things that I hear coming out of youth ministry and as I kind of forecast into the future for for Dunwoody um, you know if you've got kids in this program, I think there is like I'm like I'm about to in a, in a couple of months. One of the things that's most exciting is knowing that our kids are going to walk away with an image or a vision of Christianity that is about identity. And then our identity drives behavior. Right. When I understand who I am, then my way of showing up in the world uh, will be dramatically it will be transformed. And that, I think, is the right model. So, uh, as we get ready for Sunday, I, I know that I am I'm ready at the I'm ready at the bit, Jessica, for for it's Sunday great. and the conversation <laughs> that we're going to have on Sunday because I think it's gonna it's gonna help us um, to begin thinking as a church about what it means for us to invest in the identities of kids in our community under the age of eighteen who don't yet know who they are, and whose they are. So, like I said, we're going to look at the ascension, read that story. It's in the first chapter of Acts. Pay particular attention. This is my favorite part of the story. After Jesus ascends from the earth, what happens? The disciples are left looking up in the sky. And in that moment, it says two men in white robes show up. And they say to the disciples, who are still looking up in the air at Jesus, they say, what are you looking at? We, We got work to do. Like, stop looking up in the air. Jesus is going to come back, but it's time to get to work. And that's very much how I feel about uh, kind of where we are in student ministry. It's time to get to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's something that, that I think is exciting. Friends, thanks for joining me. Thank
3: you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Yeah.
0: It's been good, clean fun. I'm ready at the bit for Sunday. I hope you are too. And uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to our story.
4: Thanks for listening to the Our Story podcast from Dunwoody UMC. Visit us online at dunwoodyumc.org and join us for online worship every Sunday. This Sunday, May 16th, join us inside for worship in the sanctuary at 9 a.m. or outside for worship in the parking lot at 1122 a.m. We're asking everyone to wear masks and observe physical distancing, but reservations are no longer required for in-person worship services. We hope you'll join us and add your story to ours.